Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast, and today is so juicy, delicious, brilliant. Oh my gosh, it's all about how are you communicating with your partner? How are you communicating your needs, your wants? Um, How can I help you become more effective at communicating? I really believe, I, with all of my heart, effective communication is the key to um, having that relationship, marriage that you desire, deserve, and dream of. Um, now, I've talked about so. I mean, you got, if you've been at my, you know listening to my podcast for a while now, um, you know that I believe and know in my heart and from through my work everything that happened to you through childhood just comes out in your relationships and one thing i would i i I, you have to understand please try to understand this you don't have to have an abusive abusive childhood to have had um to, to have learned ineffective communication to have um have trauma responses to you know you can have you absolutely could have grown up with two parents and you're you're gonna this is probably gonna blow you away the people that have the hardest time existing and relationships are the people that grew up with two screwed up parents i want you to let that sink in and screwed up i mean injured themselves right codependents themselves narcissists themselves emotionally detached parents themselves those are the people that have the hardest time existing in relationships when you didn't have an emotional attachment to your parents when your mother or father was absent but yet they lived in the home when you saw your parents continuously fighting when you were enmeshed when you were one of the oldest and you had to take care of all the younger siblings when religious um was just hammered into you and you were basically being told you know what you have to live within this these parameters and if you don't you're going to hell there's so many things so many aspects of how that becomes into your relationships and what are you learning during that whole entire time ineffective communication you see people think it's all um just the narcissist and the codependence and and the insecure attachment styles be, that are come from like some abusive yeah guess what it is about codependency insecure attachment styles it is about narcissism the dismiss avoidance the anxious preoccupied and guess what they're not just coming from my fucked up backgrounds right they're not it's the it's the most clear thing when you well when you do my work <laughs> You don't do my work, right? Maybe you do do my work and you're here. And I hope you're going, yes, Heather, yes, yes, yes. So we need to learn effective communication. How are you going to effectively communicate, though, if you have an inner child that is reacting disproportionately to every situation in your relationship? You're not. So, yes, I'm going to say it again. Yeah, you got to definitely go back and heal the inner child. But you can start to learn ways to effectively communicate without massive healing if you don't feel like doing the work. 
of massive healing. And, ma and by massive healing, I mean, I use the word massive because your life massively changes. You have no idea how much your life changes when you have actually done the work. And, and, and again, I say work. Yeah, in the beginning when I work with my clients and every single one of them will tell you the beginning is the hardest because, and it's not the hardest, it's a lot of things are happening that are, emotions are coming up. That And guess what? What is trauma? Unprocessed emotions. So all of a sudden those emotions that have been sitting dormant that only come up when you're triggered, you are now bringing them out to the open to heal them. So yep. It's really like, whoa, I've been suppressing this for so long. Now you're asking me to look at it, Heather? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're going to look at it. And we're going to get rid of it. We're going to heal it. Yep. So one of the things that I want to, I want you to ask yourself this is how available are you to your partner? How well does your partner respond to your emotional needs? Now, and, and are you and your partner, do you guys stay involved and close in each other's life, right? So, so here's some questions to think about, right? Um, and, and as I ask them, I want you to think about answering them yes or no. I try to be available to my partner. It's not hard for my partner to get my attention. I try to listen to understand my partner's emotional needs. I'm glad when my partner reaches out so I can show I care. When I'm uncertain about what my partner wants, I can be curious and ask questions <laughs> to gain clarity. <laughs> that is so hard to do when you are living in a very um, unhappy, unhealthy relationship marriage, right? So um, I feel empathy when my partner is distressed. My partner tries to be available to me. I'm confident that if I really need my partner, I can get his or her attention. Okay, you know, and, and there's a plethora of other questions. That Just start there, you know. Um, what, what are you answering to those questions? See, that's important because if you're not even paying attention to each other and you're not even allowing the other person to, you know, speak to you and ask for a few things, it's not going well, is it? Right. So, you know, our primal drive to attach, okay, I need you to understand this to people in, you know, in relationship ensures basically our very survival, physically, mentally, and emotionally. See, individuals with um, reliable attachment systems, okay, live much healthier, loving, overall better lives. They do. They function better in all areas. And I'm going to say it again. What are the five big areas? Finances, health, relationships, career, and a connection to something greater. Positive thinking is the way I call it. And what does positive thinking do? Positive thinking creates wonderful well-being in every other area of your life. So if you're not securely attached to when you were when you were being raised to your mother and father or one you know or, or it was even a little bit to somebody you, you don't have a secure attachment right so you're going to feel unbalanced in a lot of areas of your life 
Because when you have an insecure attachment with your original family tribe, the, your parents, when you're growing, you're, it's going to be difficult for you to have that secure attachment with somebody else. See, nobody wants to be needy in the relationship. Nobody wants to avoid each other in the relationship. Right? We, don't, we don't want to do that. We want a secure base in our relationships. We want to feel safe from the world's stressors. Right? We, you know, um, we want to feel confident that we can count on our partner and healthily depend on our partner in such a world, in a world filled with so much chaos, right? Healthy dependency is the best thing ever. What is a void? You know, you hear me talk about voids and you hear other people talk about, well, you can't fill, they can't fill your voids. A void is simply, simply an unmet healthy need. That's it. So when you're a child, there are, um, there are needs that every parent should meet. Okay. And all these needs should be taken care of. Right? For sure. 100%. There's no doubt about it. These needs need to be taken care of. And when those healthy needs do not get met, that's what, guess what? That is when they become voids in your, um, in adulthood. Well, what are you going to do with that? Well, that, well, you're going to look for somebody else to void, uh, I'm sorry, to fill those voids. And when we and when nobody else can fill those voids though that's the hardest part nobody else can fill those voids and when you look for others to fill those voids what become what happens you put everything all hope all um all of your eggs into their basket right and you just do anything in, in your mind, if you're anxious, preoccupied, codependent, if you to keep them happy, so you can have those voids filled. Meanwhile, though, you're actually um, creating an unhealthy relationship. So, what are these needs? The healthy needs. Okay. So let me and and I'm going to explain to you how ineffective communication keeps you stuck with never getting healthy needs met. So when you're a child, these are healthy needs: safety. You should have felt safe, right? And it it feels very unsafe when you have two parents, one parent, or no parents. If there's fighting, if you're not getting the rest of the things I'm just about to tell you, okay? If you are the referee between your parents, you don't feel safe. If they get divorced and they're talking, uh, they're fighting and um you're the go-between, you don't feel safe. If you're living in a household with two parents who are continuously fighting, you don't feel safe. If you're living in a household where one they don't even talk to each other, you don't feel safe. And if you're in a marriage right now and your children are watching all of this, they don't feel safe. What? Yeah. Yep. If you never heal the relationship, the marriage, for yourself... If you're good with living with yuckiness and and bullshit, maybe consider your kids because they're going to end up right where you are. I hate to tell you that. I hate it. I hate it. Believe me, I hate it. But I promise you they will. And 
if you have young, young children, by the time that they come, I, will, I won't be doing what I do. So I can't help them. <laughs> there will be hopefully people that will. I, I really do. You see, you know what? There's, there's not just one path to fucking up your kids. There are many. But the, the, the biggest for sure way to making them be, um, to, to, to screwing them up in relationships is to watch your screwed up relationship. Yeah. Yep. It's super hard to hear that. And I'm sorry I had to tell you that. Come on now. Get, get with it. Get with the program. If you can't do something and to fix this for your children, do it. I'm sorry for yourself. Do it for your children. So, okay. So they need, you need to feel safe. That's a healthy need. Then what you need to feel loved, love. You need to have participation. Your parents need to participate with you in your life. They need to give you attention, listen, support, loyalty, and trust. Freedom. Freedom to be you. Nurturing, enjoyment, fun, tolerance for your feelings. Not telling you you're a boy, don't cry. Not telling you to pull up your pants and be a big boy. Not telling you girls don't uh, play sports. Girls don't do this. Girls don't do that. You're supposed to look good but not speak. You can be seen but not heard. No. Right? Okay. Um, uh, let's see what else. Tolerance for your feelings. You know what? Not You can't feel that way. Stop it. Stop it. You shouldn't feel that way. We don't do that here. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? Validation. Validate that who you are is okay. Respect. Opportunities to grow as a child alone, which is freedom to go play, but also grow with your parents. You know, as what that means is, is, is a child grows from developmental stage, developmental stage, you grow with your mom and dad. They help you grow, right? Okay, freedom to be you, guidance, belonging. And when those needs are not met in childhood, they become voids. And those voids are just looking to be filled. Think of it as a big hole and you want somebody to fill in that hole. But nobody can fill in that hole. So so when I say to you, and you hear it all the time, to love yourself, to, you know what, um, to validate yourself, to speak assertively, to learn effective communication, to, to, you know what, love yourself, to feel safe within who you are, pay attention to yourself, support yourself in everything you want to do. To seize every opportunity to grow that you can. If there's an opportunity for you to grow, seize it. You know what, um, I tell my clients, one of the best things that ever I, I have about me, and I love this about me, and guess what, I'll tell you a million things I love about me. I can, I can list a million things I love about me and the reason I can list it is because I love me so much. And since I love me, Heather, so much, I can love you so much. Since I feel so safe within who I am and my being, every part of me, you feel safe with me. That's my clients. They probably feel safer with me than anybody they've ever felt safe with. I do a free call with clients because guess what? They need to know who I am and I need to know who they are because if they don't feel safe with me, there's nothing can happen, right? And this is who I am, by the way, right? Like they're going to feel the love. They're going to feel the care, but they're also going to know this is the way I talk because I'm so excited. I exert so much energy on every call happily with love 
with respect, with I want to validate them, I want to listen, I want to support, but I also want them to understand I respect that. And what am I going to show you them? Guidance. I'm going to help them become free to be them, to know that they belong with themselves. What did I just tell you that I'm doing with my clients? Why do you think I'm so successful? And I'm being serious here. Because I am filling all their healthy needs. And guess what? That gives them the um, energy and the permission to do. Start filling their own voids. What, Heather? Yeah! Yeah! How great is that? And then... Once they start doing that within themselves, then guess what happens? They can show up as a healthy partner to their client. I'm sorry, to their client. This is that's my, my brain is always on my clients. To their partner. And then their partner naturally starts showing up healthily to them. Hopefully. If not, they might come to me too, or they've started with me anyways. But so that that is what a void is. Now you can't now, and those are and all the needs that I've talked about here, those are all healthy needs. And guess what? Your partner should make you feel safe, loved, all of that stuff, right? In a healthy way. Needs, healthy needs are important to get filled in um in in, in your relationship. 100%. But you got to fill yours first because then that doesn't make you dependent on your partner to fill the voids. That makes a healthy dependence. Do you see the difference? You're not dependent on them for you to have everything, all of these healthy needs filled so you can feel good about who you are. No. No, you are have a healthy dependence, which is the world's chaotic. You and I are holding hands. We are standing together and we are going to face it together. And when I'm down, you're up. When you're down, I'm up. When maybe sometimes it's 80% you, 20% me, 80% me, 20% you. That's what it is. It's not. You need to fill all of my voids and make me feel good at all times because otherwise I can't live a healthy life. I can't be in this relationship healthy and I will crumble. And then I will run to you and I will beg you or I will dismiss from you and I will detach because I don't trust you to keep filling my voice or I don't trust you in the first place. Oh my God, right? How can you possibly effectively communicate through that? You cannot do it. You can't. So what, what, so what, what do you got to do? <laughs> So yes, healing the inner child. I mean, I'm telling you, oh God, yes. But if you want to just start with some effective communication, that's that's a huge start. See, securely attached adults, which you can become, have the highest quality relationships. And guess what? Those char characteristics um, are of a of a secure, healthy relationship: longevity, trust, commitment and interdependence, which means that, you know what? 
Each partner is free to communicate their emotional needs and are available to meet their partner's needs. Each partner, guess what? You ready for this? Believes that they are worthy and lovable and are confident, confident that they have an impact on, the, on themselves, their partner, their children, the world. They see others as trustworthy until they the trust is broken and that's it okay well that person isn't very trustworthy see secure people can approach their own feelings their partner's feelings with curiosity while regulating their own emotions they're no, they don't want to know why you're feeling something and then explode on you when you explain it or you explain your feelings and then they um somebody dismisses and detaches from you they like closeness in relationships right but they also function autonomously. They are flexible. They can shift between pursuing independent goals and, and relationship goals. Isn't, doesn't that sound glorious? Beautiful? It is. It really is. And it needs to be the focus of every relationship to get to that point. That is, that is your goal right there for yourself and in life. Now, how can you do that if you're consistently monitoring how important you are in the relationship? If you're sensitive to every emotional cue and you quickly jump to conclusions about other people, even outside of your partner, how can you do that if you become panicky you know what? Every time you hear um, when you're not near your partner or you're not hearing what you want to hear. How can you do that when you're, there's this repetitive, intense need for reassurance about being loved? And when you're, you're imagining catastrophic, uh, catastrophic, you know what, scenarios. You know, and then you're, re you're reacting to these scenarios that you're playing over and over in your head. And then you come off as needy. You're hypervigilant about controlling your partner. So you can feel good if you're in control. Oh yeah, if I am in control, I, you're not going to abandon me. And when you're, when you're worried about abandonment, which is your inner child worrying about be, being abandoned, guess what? You become demanding, threatening, sometimes engaging in hostile and aggressive acts to get your partner's attention and it never works and you will constantly worry about if you are going to be rejected or replaced and guess what you're either going to be rejected or replaced every fucking time you're going to be rejected or replaced eventually and then you go to another toxic relationship or marriage whatever or you're on the other side of the coin, right? That is, you basically, every, anytime somebody, you know, wants to get close to you, you avoid, you dismiss, you know, um, and what do you do? You do the deactivating strategies to make sure you don't get too close to this person. And when, and when you're anxious, when you're high in anxiety, you worry excessively about the availability of your partner, right? And the people who tend to have a high avoidance, you prefer to keep people at a distance. And secure people, they have very low anxiety and they don't have avoidance. 
Now you've also got the disorganized attachment, which is I call the fearful avoidant, which is a pattern of expressing high anxiety, which is, you know, again, running at the controlling behavior, the manipulation, the threatening, all of it. With then, what do you do? Then all of a sudden you turn away. And 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 you you basically will not trust when reassurance is offered. What? Yeah, that sucks, doesn't it? You know, and, and these and adults who have a high degree of avoidance, what do they do? They they're suppressing, they're activating their you know attachment needs. So they've learned to distance themselves from people, and they and, and most especially partners, and they create this distance to manage the discomfort they feel when they put their trust and love into somebody else. Because why? This doesn't happen because you grew up in a loving home. Because of all those unhealthy, those needs that were not met as a child. And believe me, you have two people, two children, grew up in the same household. One can become a dismissive avoidant because they don't trust love. And the other becomes an anxious, preoccupied, or a pro codependent because they don't trust love. I, the other day, I'll explain how and why certain ones, people end up one way and the other way. So, and most avoidants feel too, com feel uncomfortable. You know, they, they're just, when the relationship gets too close... They will, they have a tendency to end the relationship. They will rebuff, and here's the key, the emotional needs of their partner. And they will avoid, withdraw when they are pressed for deep emotional conversations. So what happens? Well, guess what? Maintaining any sort of deep long-term relation is very difficult because they keep detaching. Now, how do you think you, the, those detachment styles communicate? Do you, do you believe that there's effective or ineffective communication happening? It's as ineffective as it can be. So here's the greatest news. I'm offering a live free training. I rarely do this. Like never. I don't actually think I've ever done this. And I've decided I'm going to see what, how it goes. And then maybe I'll do more trainings in the future. If you want to get in, and I'm going to teach you on here, how to effectively communicate in your marriage, if you're divorced and you're, you're out in the world and you're fearful, if you're dating, if you're single, whatever, if you're, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, you're going to learn how to effectively communicate to effectively get your healthy needs met. And not voids filled, healthy needs met. Now I'm going to warn you. If you are severely injured and you don't, you know, this is still can help you a lot. However, this will this will begin to show you how ineffective you are, and maybe you will um, realize, okay, I can I, I need to do this so I can get here. But I am going to show you the five blocks that are preventing you from having the relationship that you deserve. Five blocks. And we're going to go through all of it. If you want to get in on this, seats are limited. Please do not take a seat unless you're going to show up. The link is in the notes here in um, the podcast. Until next time, have a great day. And thank you for tuning in to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you. And that is the truth. Mwah.